now for the Legal Mumble Jumbo. This podcast is based entirely on Frank's own personal opinions and is in no way, shape, or form the opinions or representation of any fire, police, EMS organizations which he is currently or previously associated or affiliated with. The views expressed in this podcast are entirely his own and do not reflect the views of any aforementioned organization. Please note, the names may have been changed to protect the innocent, the stupid, and the brain dead. Salutations, everyone. Thank you for joining my podcast for yet another edition of Frank the Lunatic Rants. Live, from the beautifully spacious and wonderfully bodacious, Fuck If I Know Studios located in wonderful downtown Hamlin, Pennsylvania, it is yet another informative, educational, argumentative, debatable, and downright boring edition, of Frank the Lunatic Rants. Hey there, hi there, ho there everyone, as always I am your congenial host, Frank the Lunatic. Thank you for joining me yet again for another episode of me ranting, raving, pissing and moaning about topics you probably do not give a shit about whatsoever. So remember to sit back and ask yourself this ultimately very important question in life with all these podcasts out there. Why the hell am I listening to him anyway? But if you do listen to me and you want to, I don't know, give me some feedback, give me a suggestion, I don't know, just say hello, anything like that, make sure you reach out to me on our subscriber talkback line, area code 570-503-6585. And yes, it is a legitimate number. Or you can send me an email at Lunatic excuse me, FrankTheLunatic at gmail.com. And if you still have the old Anchor FM app, I know it's been upgraded, Spotify's taken everything over, they may still have a section on there where you can click on an icon and actually send me a message right through the Anchor.fm site. Who hosts my podcast? Or my main host, anyhow. Uh, anyhow, uh, what do we got a bitch about today? You know, I've, I've been doing some things on this on and off, you know, besides all the shit going on with electric cars that, uh, President Jumping Joe Magoo and the Democrats, especially Californians and people in New York want to get rid of all this stuff and they're not, they're just not thinking into it properly. Um, well, besides (laughs) things going on with stoves. Um, now, this isn't the federal government yet, but this apparently is on the agenda. Uh, California is looking, they want to phase out natural gas furnaces. So not only will it be illegal for you to purchase, you can still own them, but you won't be able to purchase new, um, let's see, it's gas lawn mowers, like the push mowers, certain uh, lawn equipment, yard equipment has to be all battery powered now. You know, they, they made a law there that regardless of what happens with the federal government, it's still going to be illegal to ha- sell uh, gas power cars in California by the year 2035. It's amazing we're the United States of America, but yet a state law can supersede 
a federal. I don't understand that. Uh, the whole gas stove. Uh, they're going along with the thing that the federal government wants to do in regards to washers and dryers and refrigerators, freezers. And now they want to phase out natural gas furnaces um, that heat your home or natural gas um, water heaters as well. Regulators in California voted to phase out natural gas water heaters and natural gas uh, furnaces starting by the year 2027. Now, the big problem is consumers are going to have increased cost because you have to rip out your old system now. Um, it, it, because if, if something if something goes down on your furnace, you know, unless it's something that's easily fixable, you need a new furnace or, or a new um, water heater, which, of course, you know, the tanks eventually rust down and shit. You're going to have a problem because now you have to have an electrician come into your home and they have to rewire things from the electrical box to where the water heater or the furnace is going to be in accordance with all the new codes and all that other crap, uh, which is a very big expense on top of what it costs to actually buy a uh, furnace. I mean, they want you to go to electric heat. Um, I don't know if they're phasing out oil heat, but they want you to go to electric heat. Um, the Bay Area, which is really supportive of this, um, that 99% of estimated water heater installations are actually gas water heaters and the problem is you know making this thing mandatory again here we are the united states of america we have a constitution that says you have certain rights and apparently under this administration and with the democrats you don't have a whole heck of a lot of rights when it comes to your house and stuff unfortunately they're making all these things and saying you are gonna ha you're gonna have no choice welcome to america but you have no choice but to do this but Again, we're more concerned with that being the enemy as opposed to the drugs and illegals coming over the border and that. But that's a totally different podcast right there. Anyhow, the switch to electric is going to be extremely costly, you know. And electric water heaters don't heat up as quickly as gas water heaters do. So you're actually using more energy to actually heat up the water. You know, the, the amount of electricity that's used by electric water heaters and furnaces an electric water, uh, electric furnace um, <coughs> and water heater combined uses over 100 amps of energy and causes a problem when you have houses that, you know, have older 200 amp electric panels. You can't turn around and install these new furnaces and that. It's just not going to accommodate. It's a fire risk. You know, they, you're not going to get a pass on your uh, permit and everything to have the work done. Electrician's going to have to come in. And you have to upgrade their entire electrical system because you can't upgrade just the box. Because then they'll say you upgrade the box, but now you need the new coded wiring and you need new um, outlets and everything. So it's going to cost thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. But yet the dumbasses in California, the fucking Democrats in California, all push for this stuff. They all support it. They're, they're all quick to say, yay, we are with Jumping Joe Magoo. He is God, Lord and supreme ruler, and what he says is golden. That's right, diarrhea of the mouth that comes out of him is all liquid gold. Anyhow, they all follow everything, you know, and they're not taking into consideration how much this stuff's cost. And then the turnaround when there is all this cost involved, they'll, they'll find somebody else to blame. I don't know, they'll probably blame Republicans or, or something when it is, in fact, their own doing this, that they're going to have these costs involved. Their electric company, of course their electric company, uh, sends a statement out to the board for uh, the Bay Area, for the planning board, and is supportive of its decision. 
and is eagerly going to work to try to update and prepare its electrical grid to handle an increase in electric use. Of course they're happy. Think of how much more money you're making the electric companies. And the funny part is going to be the fact that when all this shit hits the fan about all these appliances, everything, the cars, everything, is also when the timetable happens for electric companies, you know, in like 10 years, electric companies have to phase out traditional electric. No more, you know, coal-powered or oil-powered um, turbines to create electricity. They want you to go to windmill and solar and all that shit. Not even nuclear, just windmill and solar. So <laughs> you're looking at more money, increased expense on what the utility rates are going to be. Because after all, someone has to pay for all this, these new facilities and that. It's going to be one hell of a fucked up <laughs> world, especially in California. And unfortunately, they have themselves to blame because... Nobody speaks out against this. They're all for it. They are mindless fucking sheep. I use that word a lot in a lot of podcasts, especially when it comes to swimwear and that. We have too many mindless sheep in this country that take everything just for face value and fact that comes out of these politicians' mouth. Yes, it's good environmentally, but not necessarily, because when you think about it, when they first start these things, okay, more electric demand. Okay? Okay, more shit going in the air. I mean, honestly, if you're somebody who's against conventional electricity, you know, okay, there's going to be more shit going in the air. You know, it, it's, I don't understand the thinking behind it. It's, it's absurd. It's really absurd. It's supposed to start uh, phasing in by 2027. And then by 2031, that's it. Gone. Banned. You know, no new construction that has that shit. Anything like that. Just gone. Banned. Boom. Gone. Yes, welcome to the United States of America where you spend a fortune on a house and you no longer can decide what type of heat and what heats your water and everything, apparently. But, on the flip side in regards to all this and California's push to have electric for everything, there is a new study out there that says, uh, from I think it's Stanford University, that warns against charging your electric cars at home overnight. The study found that the vast majority of electric vehicles owners charge their cars at home in the evening or overnight, of course, because most people work during the day and do things during the day and shopping and, and things like that. They're out more with their cars during the day than they would be at night. So it's normal that you would be charging your car at night. However, it could be costing the, elect the electricity grid a significant amount. I've been saying this for a while. There have been other people that have been saying this for a while as well. That these electric vehicles, that California, the Democrats, you know, President Magoo, New York State are all pushing, are bad for the power grid. We do not have the resources in place to successfully be able to supply electricity to the amount of electric vehicles that they want in the United States within the next 10 years. The study is saying how the practice should change. More the EV owners should charge their cars during the day at work or at public charging stations. Of course, here's the problem with that. We're charging a car during the day. For example, uh, I'm originally from New York City, from the Bronx. Can you imagine having an electric vehicle in, in New York City? Okay. Uh, in our neighborhood, we used to double and sometimes triple park. I'm not even going to try explaining triple parking to you. How do you charge up your vehicle? What, are you going to be running all these freaking 300, 400 feet of electric cords out your window across the sidewalk in order to charge your vehicle? Because there's nothing out there that says that your 
Landlord has to supply a charging system that's like $20,000. Same thing with your employer as well. They recommend that you charge them at work. Well, how does that going to work for at your job? They have to invest money, of course, in these charging units. Is it going to be a benefit? You know, it'll be a benefit for like management or some weird thing like that. But, you know, how do they regulate charging you? It's going to come out of your paycheck. You're going to have a card or something. It's going to dock your pay for charging your vehicle. They're not going to let you charge your vehicle for free at work. No sane person is going to allow that. And these are the things that they aren't considering at all with the whole push that they have for electric vehicles. Nobody's considering this at all. Picture it. Extension cords all over the yin-yang, duct tape everywhere so people don't trip over the cords. You know, the same thing with the public charging stations. There's not going to be enough public charging stations, first of all. You know, that's another issue right there. Um... I don't understand this thing that they say, well, charge them during the day while you're at work. It just isn't feasible, especially depending on where you work. You know, yes, there's already plans. You know, California and New York already want to jump on the bandwagon. They see dollar signs, how to make money, you know, having like meters, you know, well, a lot of places don't have actual parking meters, but everything's through apps and shit. But anyhow, sort of like the way the old parking meters would be. They actually had a concept like this in Alaska, I believe. And the Cupcake Twins just verified that. I knew that for years. Years ago, in Alaska, because of the fact that your cars is just so cold, uh, you have engine block heaters, um, and and you would go to your um, parking meter, and it would be outlets there. You would actually plug in, so it would sort of do a trickle charge to keep your battery okay and warm and stuff like that. I don't remember if you were getting charged for it or not, but it, it's going to be a concept like that where you're going to have to have all these things around, and you're going to have to find a way to charge people. Same thing with work. There's nothing that says that your employer has to invest the money to put charging stations in. He might just put a part charging, he or she might just put a charging station in for them to basically charge up their own vehicle or the company vehicles. You know, they don't have to, they are not required to supply electricity for you. You know, if your car's dead, your car's dead. Oh, well, that's your own problem. Uh, this study was published in um, a journal called Natural Energy, I believe, and it was examining the stress that the, especially the Western United States that are pushing for these vehicles, the amount of stress on the electric grid by the year 2025 that is going to cause brownouts, that's going to cause blackouts. There's going to be so many problems. They found in their study that if rapid EV growth continues, with a continued dominance of residential nighttime charging, peak electricity demand is going to increase by at least 25% within the next 10 years. Because these people... Well, people with money buy the rapid charging stations for their house. I, I couldn't even afford a 110 freaking extension cord to charge up an electric car. Uh, but the, these charging stations, you know, the amount of amperage and wattage in them is so demanding on the power grid. Just the power coming through your own neighborhood. And if more people shift their charging habits to daytime at work or public charging stations, they're saying it would be more cost effective. I don't really get it because as far as I know, electricity isn't charged, you know, through peak and off-peak rates. I'm, maybe there are electric companies out there that do that. I'm not sure. It's sort of our, an archaic thing. Um, I think that was going on at one time. I, I don't really see that happening. Uh, but that's, a, <laughs> excuse me, the biggest problem is even during the day, if you get people to switch and they're going to power their cars during the day, Problem I have with that concept is, yes, at nighttime, there might be some more lights, you know, because the store's not. But during the day, most of your businesses are open. Well, basically almost 100%, not 100%, but you know what I mean. 
Most businesses, retail places, factories are open during the day. I, I don't understand this whole thing that they're saying to shift and charge your vehicle during the day when most uh, you have a large electric demand during the day as well. Now, <laughs> California, again, these friggin' yambags that are on the bandwagon that they, they want to push, you know, gotta have, gotta have, gotta have, and nobody's educating themselves. California depends heavily on electricity imports from other states. So the power grid actually ships electricity from maybe your home state all the way out to California because there's such a demand. The EV charging, plus all the other electrical uses we have, the technology and everything, it has consequences for the whole western region of the United States because of how the whole interconnected nature of our electric grid are. Every state has to rethink electricity pricing structures as their EV charging needs increase and their grids change, which means, ka-ching, now you're looking at higher prices because there is fees involved with, you know, distrib- distributing the electricity. Look at your electric bill sometimes. Um, you have a charge for your actual electricity you're using, and then like here in Pennsylvania, PP&L, ugh, wish they'd burn down, uh, <laughs> they charge you a distribution fee as well, which a lot of times is actually some a lot of times it's equal to or higher than what the price for the actual electricity is. Research is showing that if most EVs were supposedly charged during the day, they're saying that the power would be cheaper and wouldn't be wasted. I don't get that. Um, maybe okay, solar powered stuff uh yeah okay they you know batteries and things like that but does everybody have solar is every house company everybody can put up solar everywhere i don't think so they said um the amount of evs that the government wants and is projecting in the next 10 years the amount of them that they have to invest heavily have more generating facilities um, and they were saying these things are going to have to be powered by natural gas because, after all, they're banning coal and they're banning oil um, for these for these generating systems. You know, the, the electric companies, too. That's another ka-ching. You know, President Bimbo, not Bimbo, Bimbo, President um, Magoo in the White House, you know, has the thing that he wants to get rid of all those traditional types of producing electricity around the same time that they are banning gasoline cars. So electric companies, first of all, now they're going to have to invest heavily in upgrading and improving the the national power grid and their lines going into the grid and the whole transportation of the distribution of the power. They also have to build new power facilities that would use like natural gas, which is hysterical, actually, because President uh, Magoo is actually against things like gas stoves because that's bad for the environment. But apparently he's okay with natural gas um, used for electricity, I guess. Um, but, or you're going to have to have wind or solar. So you're going to be investing heavily in this. Who pays for that stuff? Yes, the electric company pays for it, but you're paying for it. It's going to be passed on to you, you know, and it's supply and demand. So you're looking at ridiculously high electricity prices in the future, and nobody is tackling that topic for some reason. Don't know why. And they're not considering these these idiots in California and in New York, these states that are pushing for this stuff. You know, I'm sure they go and they complain about their electric bills. Nobody's happy about their electric bill. But are they considering what's going to happen with the push for this? You know, how much electricity that's going to be needed? You're looking at ka-chings big time. They're going to have to build or invest expensive-ass energy storage units, basically huge 
battery <laughs> type of storage facilities to store electricity to compensate for when people have all their vehicles plugged in. You know, companies go, they say, again, plug during the day. Companies are going to be using delivery vehicles, trucks, all this stuff. You know, taxis, Ubers, and this stuff is active during the day. You don't have time to sit there and plug these damn things in during the day because you're out there making money. It's your business. You know, furniture deliveries, appliance deliveries, all that stuff. At night, when the store closes at 9 o'clock or, you know, maybe like by 6, 7 o'clock, things start dying down, that's when everything's going to be plugged in. So I can't see there being such a major shift in the United States where people are actually going to be going and, you know, charging stuff more during the day. I just don't see it feasible. Now, here's an interesting one. and I already knew this from years ago from the electric business, um, that the electri electricity pricing for commercial and industrial customers first of all were lower rates i don't know if a lot of people know that a lot of times the rates are actually lower the more electric you use as a commercial facility the cheaper your electricity is but yet a residential the more electric you use your bill just keeps going up and up anyhow uh commercial and industrial customers are charged fees based on their peak electricity use which basically will cause employers from installing chargers especially once half or more of their employees have EV, I mean, that's another thing that they're, they're not going to want to put, invest the money in these chargers for their employees to charge their cars. You know, um, you might say, okay, well, I only drive 20 minutes for work. You're not using that much electricity, you know, of your battery power. But look at California, how big California is. I mean, there are people because they want their swanky-ass freaking middle-class home or something two hours away from work or some shit. You know, like you're driving a lot of miles stuck in traffic. It's not even the, how many miles you travel in California. It's the, the amount of traffic that you are stuck in on a day-to-day -day basis. So you're going to have to charge your vehicle up. I mean, you don't want to have to run out of electricity going home or, God forbid, you know, have to pull over and charge, get off a, an exit into a bad neighborhood, which is another funny thing, too, they were, uh, that I've seen them talking about the charging system as well. You know, where do you invest in this infrastructure? Middle-class neighborhoods. They probably aren't going to really put many chargers in a lower-class neighborhood, in bad areas, you know, going to South Central or something. Can you really see these, these units in South Central L.A., you know, with gangs and everything? These things are going to be smashed up, vandalized. I'm sorry, they are. I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, point fingers and be stereotype or, you know, type, put a stereotype on anyone. But you know damn well there's going to be vandalism that's going to occur to these units that are like 20 grand each. So I can't even see, you know, governments and businesses heavily investing in putting these charging systems in those neighborhoods, which, of course, leaves people who reside or work in those areas high and dry on trying to charge their vehicles. They also said once 50% of the cars on the road, in just in the western U.S. alone, you know, and remember, the, the law takes effect in, is it 10 years, I believe? And you, so you're looking about halfway through, maybe, within five years, you know, 50% of the cars in California, in the western U.S., will be powered by electricity. They estimate just for the western states, the coastal states, they will need more than 5.4 gigawatts of energy storage. If charging habits, habits, excuse me, charging habits follow the current course with, you know, people driving during the day and working during the day and that. Do you know how much, it's almost like back to the future, you know how much 5.4 gigawatts gigawatts of electric uh, electricity is it is the equivalent 
to what five large nuclear reactors put out in electricity. That's what they need just to supply electricity to the western coastal part of the United States when 50% of the cars owned are electric. So when 100%, when California and Washington, Utah, all those states are all electric, you're looking at, at something like anywhere from 10 to 13 gigawatts of energy storage that's going to be needed. You're looking to have to have to build literally 10 to 12 nuclear reactors, because that's always safe, in order to supply electricity just to the western states. Imagine the rest of the United States. I mean, can you imagine if you if it encompassed the entire United States alone? Well, not alone, the entire United States. You know, I, there's no figures here, but I'm just going to do some, I don't know, math of my own here because I'm terrible at math. You know, I'm thinking five, ten. You, you probably need, for the United States, you're probably going to need like 50 gigawatts of power. Like, it really, you're, you're going to have to build something like... Uh, I don't know, would that be 50 nuclear reactors in order to supply that much power to the United States? And nobody, that's the thing, these are things that nobody is actually sitting down and considering when they came out with these bills and these laws and these movements and everything. You know, it's it's great on paper saying, oh, we should switch this. I understand, you know, the whole pollution thing. You know, while I don't understand why we have to be the leaders, why, you know, China and India can still do whatever the hell they want um, and pollute and everything. They don't even have anything close to way we have EPA regulations. You know, you don't have any of the equipment on your vehicles overseas there like you do here in regards to admissions. But, you know, we have to we have to we have to curb everything. And I, I understand there's a need for it. I'm not arguing that there's not a need. I don't think there is a need to push this technology on us within the next 10 years, you know, without having the infrastructures in place and better yet, the money. You know, it's great for the federal government with the freaking deficit to just say, oh, yeah, we'll just put money on this and money on that, make the deficit even higher and higher and higher. Why not? China owns us as it is. Why not? You know, let's spread it out a little more. Maybe Russia wants to buy, you know, our our, our government bonds buy into our debt. Maybe India wants to, too. Hell, why don't we just knock on the North Koreans' door and, and see if uh, uh, whatever our Ho-Chung fat ass there wants to invest in our debt because everybody's going to be turning to the government for government funding and government grants, which is just going to make the debt go up even more and more and more. All of this because these yambags want to push the technology, push everything too quickly, way too quickly. Nobody sat down and actually thought about how are we doing this? How are we going to make this work? You know, it all looks good on paper. So apparently it is a good thing, I guess. That's the logic they have. They say that the government should encourage employers to put in these charging stations. Imagine that you, you own you own a McDonald's. That thing, you know, you, you, there are some locations that actually do get a lot of business. Can you imagine having to have to put in, you know, say ten chargers at twenty grand a piece, and provide the electricity for your customers? I mean, I don't think you're your business. Honestly, your business technically go down go down slightly. You know, if somebody wants to run in and uh, you're you're driving on vacation, you're going for to get a burger from McDonald's, and you know, but you got to sit there for an hour to charge your car. That's the other funny thing too. I watch this all the time uh, at Sheets. Um, they have some chargers there down in the city of Scranton. You know, I go in, get in, pull up on my car, and <coughs> fill up one, two, three, bam, 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 I'm gone. 
And then you have the people with the electric vehicles that are sitting there, you know, half hour or an hour to uh, regenerate their cars. Well, there's a, time is short. Life is short. You know, we waste so much time. They say we waste so much time in lines and things like that and in traffic. Now factor in how much time we're going to be spending, first of all, in line waiting for a charger. You ever see at the gas station, you have a gas station with 20 freaking pumps, and it, <laughs> and you, there's times you might have a line, you know, waiting a holiday weekends at. Imagine EV stations. You're there waiting. Somebody's, you know, you got 10 EV stations, 20 EV stations, whatever. People are charging their cars for an hour, so now you're waiting. So now you're stuck like two or three hours by the time you get your car. And that's another thing with the regulations, too. You know, prices, fuel prices. By law, they have to advertise their fuel prices. But yet there's no legislation requiring that there's anything advertising how much it's going to cost to charge your vehicle at that charging station. I heard it has something to do with that the thing has to determine what type of vehicle you have. Like when you plug it in, I guess (laughs) what they charge you varies or uh, depending on your battery and all this other stuff. But there's no pricing structure. Like you honestly, you have no fucking clue. You really don't until you go to plug in the charge. You have no idea. It's not like gas that you have gas buddy or something. You can shop around and try to find a gas station that has, you know, maybe something slightly lower in price for uh, gasoline. Can't do that with the charging stations. You know, you're getting low on charge. You could be shit out of luck and wind up somewhere that's costing you more. Because from other articles I've read, um, the, the price differences is phenomenal depending on what company is running not that particular, those charging stations and that, it's, there's such a big difference, you know, and again, the public doesn't know, the public has no knowledge of this, they actually want in California, five million, well, they're banning the whole thing with um, gasoline power cars and and, and pickup trucks by the year 2035, you're not going to be able to uh, sell new ones, I guess, same thing with, uh, I think, RVs and that too, imagine having an electric RV, yeah, that'd be fun, Oh, <laughs> the state wants 5 million EVs sold, be on the road by the year 2030. In the next seven years, they expect 5 million. There's such a push for banning the sale of electric vehicles there. And again, it's moronic, completely moronic. There's no coordinating policies, no investment strategies, nothing in place to ensure that a transition to EVs is successful in communities. But yet again... We have the laws saying, nope, by a certain date, this has to happen. It's preposterous. You know, it's, I I can't even wait to see what a shit show it's going to be out West. You you remember that storm when, what was it in Texas? You know, people lost electric because the demand for electric just to heat their homes. And that's without charging up EVs. Which, of course, by the way, if you've listened to some of my other podcasts or actually research it, you also use more electricity to charge your vehicle in the wintertime because of, of the batteries. Imagine that one. So, I mean, you're going to have nightmare stories of communities. I don't mean whole states, but communities going into blackouts because they it just can't supply the electricity. Can't. And when it comes to 
doing stuff with infrastructure. How does it work? Well, there's a hierarchy. Yes, new places like New York City is going to get the funding. Los Angeles, San Francisco, you know, San Diego, places like that, they're going to get funding. You know, maybe out here in Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, but come up here to Wayne County, where PennDOT doesn't even know we exist. We'll probably be one of the last counties in the state to actually ever get funding to do something with charging stations because it's a rural area. More things that they're not considering. So go ahead, people. Keep pushing your yam bags. Keep pushing for these electric vehicles. You know, thinking that this is like the, the next best thing out there. Because it's not. It's going to be such a shit show. I can guarantee it's going to be a shit show. And over the next couple of years, as we get closer and closer and closer to this whole requirement of having EVs, it's going to be a fucking shit show. And all you wow I can't wait. The people that support it. When they're stuck in their office building and the power goes out and there's no air conditioning, they're swinging their fucking balls off because there's no windows that can open because you have to have energy efficient shit and the buildings have to be sealed tighter than tight. So when you're sweating your friggin' nuts off, <laughs> let's see who you're going to blame. Of course, Democrats are still going to blame the Republicans or Donald Trump or something over it. Anyhow, instead of looking at their own political leadership or better yet, going to the bathroom and looking in the mirror, you only have yourself to blame for allowing this to happen, people. Hi, my friends. As always, I am Frank the Lunatic, and of course, I have approved this message, and for now, my friends, that is all I have to say about that. Birthday card, birthday card, birthday card, birthday card, birthday card, I get birthday card, birthday card, I get birthday card.